0: Hello, welcome to the RU Writing Podcast, the podcast where writing arts interns talk about all things writing. My name is Connor Buckmaster, and I am the head intern for the Writing Arts Department.
1: My name is Morgan Rickabeni. I am a senior and one of the members of the Writing Arts Internship.
2: And I'm Matt Berrien. I'm a sophomore and also an intern in the Writing Arts Department. And today we have a guest with us, um, one of the professors of the department, he's my
0: writing research and technology teacher, uh, and uh, his name is Dr. Luther.
3: Hi, I'm Jason Luther. I have been at Rowan's my third year, actually, uh, halfway through. I got my PhD at Syracuse University, where I studied zines, mostly, and the relationship between zines and digital and print, so I believe that is why I'm here today.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes, because today we're going to be talking about the uh, topic of print, and uh, the question, is print dead? It's a conversation that's been going on for a while now, ever since digital technologies have advanced, and um, we brought some articles and some research to talk about, and we wanted to have you on because of your expertise in the area. Great.
2: So, uh, thank, you for so much for,
0: yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. I guess to kick off, we can kind of talk about how we, how we read. Today, like what kind mm. of mediums we use. I know personally, uh, most of what I'm reading is online, mm. um, and most of the information that I'm gathering, news wise or through books and stuff, is online. But in terms of getting like books or novels or some sort of um, research information, I'll gravitate towards uh, physical copies of those things. And I know that that's a trend that's been going on for a while, actually. Um, so I was wondering how you guys enter, encounter texts, usually.
1: Yeah, I feel like most of the professional research I do and searching databases, all of that happens online and in this digital atmosphere um, where articles are just easier and more convenient to find mm-hmm. and sift through um, in the digital format rather than finding libraries and researching through what they have. Um, but I find with my own personal reading and what I tend to go to in my personal like for entertainment or just um something that I'd like to keep for an extended amount of time it's always easier to gravitate towards print novels. Mm-hmm. I tried the ebook format for a while but I actually found that print is more reliable yeah. than the ebook format. Mm-hmm. Um, like my ebook won't work if it's not on charger now and now that it's not portable it's like what's the purpose of it? A book is Mm -hmm. so much easier to think Mm -hmm. around, and I feel like it lasts much longer in that sense. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I kind of see um, digital print in a lot of ways as, like, a jumping off point into print. Uh, I mean, there are some things that are, like, pretty exclusively within the digital realm. Like, there are a lot of online publications that do not have, like, a print counterpart, and I do... I do kind of consume those a lot you know like articles on fox and occasionally like you know buzzfeed or Mm -hmm. you know tweets that people make um but for the most part if i'm doing like research or you know if i'm reading for entertainment um as in like fiction um i will tend to gravitate towards the print personally um sometimes i'll find something Via a digital channel, mm. but then I'll just print it, yeah. uh, because uh, just for me, it's easier to really be engaged with something if I kind of have it physically right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. Matt, I, does it
3: depend on the lo- on the, how long the thing is, like when you when you print it out?
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, I find actually that um, the longer something is, I even though it'll be kind of a hassle. I would prefer to print it, yeah. and then to read through it. If it's just like a couple of paragraphs, it doesn't really make a difference for me. Um, the more engaged I have to be with something, um, the more I gravitate towards like mm. making sure I actually have it like printed in front of me.
3: Mm. What about accountability yeah. to the reading, like annotations, for example? Yeah. Does that matter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I'd say that basically those two things are basically synonymous to me because it's like, you know, if it's super long and I have to be really engaged with it, I'm also probably going to have to annotate it. And like, I know there's probably better ways to do this, but I don't really have great annotating software on my computer. And so I know some people do, I don't. So like, instead of just trying a million times to like, Squiggle the lines in just to write on my Word document. Like I'd rather just like pencil it in mm. on paper um, So yeah, I, yeah, that's a significant factor in whether I read something digitally or print. Yeah
1: I'm the same mm-hmm. way if I'll if I have to print um, like well if I have to research anything or bring it with me to like a class to present on it or um, if I'm working on an essay or um, I just want to engage with the text, I'll always go to printed. Um, I know some people that I've had uh, courses with before will actually do the annotations on their software, like um, Adobe has different um, softwares for that, but I've just found that it's always easier to write and it takes me out of it if I'm digitally trying to annotate.
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've um, It's all fascinating to me because I, I think I'm in agreement with, with everyone here that when I'm reaching for print, it's usually with plans to sit, relax. Yeah. Even though if it's academic, like, I'm like, all right, put the chair in relax yeah. mode, <laughs> get the book up, maybe even put my feet up on the desk, mm-hmm. right? Um, the yeah. yeah. So, but, like, if, but like by my bed, I have always have a, book, a print book. Mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. like, And even if I'm, like, watching Netflix, I still have the print book that's there, mm-hmm. right? There's always a decision, I'm like, do I want to relax with a book tonight or, mm-hmm. you know, a Netflix series? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or... You know, so I think I associate print with a chance to escape or unwind. I think that's Mm -hmm. really interesting, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think that's going to go away. And I think a lot of the screen exhaustion we feel is fueling print. Like, it makes it persistent. Yeah. Um, But I'm also a big proponent of systems. And so I became really hooked on digital reading through my PhD program when um, I got an iPad and a program called iAnnotate mm. and a stylus, and I was just mimicking print-based annotations through the mm-hmm. screen. And it wasn't my preference. I much would re- rather it would have had the books, but um, you could do things like. Download from a database uh, from the library and port that into a folder that was on the cloud and then sync that with your computer and your iPad and yeah. then create a database of your bibliography mm-hmm. that was all associated. In fact, right now I'm just experimenting with a program called Scrivener. Do any of you guys use Scrivener? No.
2: I've heard of that somewhere
3: before. There's, I've never used it. It's sort of but... like an immersive writing processor that allows you to link to a direct readings, mm-hmm. which I've never really oh, experimented oh, with. Wow. Um, so it allows you to instead of having to like exit a program, go into a new one, and come back, you can kind of start reading. Really like, interacting with it in the mm. um, space itself and um, so I really like and also of course when you're a grad student you're broke you're poor <laughs> and so you could go to the library you could actually just use the library scanners use an a USB stick and scan the books that you they had there and right. then mm. import those to your email address and then put those on the cloud right. and then annotate that way instead of having to pay right 50 70 dollars for a book that you mm. really you know can't mm. afford so right. um early on in the grad program I was like I'm going to spend the money on an iPad and I'm going to use this system but mm. I'm going to use it because I'm spending the money mm-hmm. up front so anyway that's sort of like my experience with it and it's it's, it's translated to a lot of research like if I find that I have to ILL a book, I get really frustrated now. I'm like, I have to wait a week for this? Um, <laughs> it's completely reasonable in a print-based society, but in yeah. a digital one, it's like, I get really impatient. Right. Mm-hmm. And I find that,
0: I think I would have to agree with like Matt and Morgan in that the texts that I really want to dive into are ones that I will print because I get more out of the text and I'm able to engage with it more rather than, um, trying to annotate it um, through some software and I find that that's it's it's such more of a physical and engaging process mm-hmm. that that's that uh, it allows me to um, make deeper connections and to uh, just basically pull out more information and to have a better understanding of actually what is going on and I think that um, part of what we were reading is that online it's such like a, a, a competition of attention and it is so easy to have something in front of you and then to just for whatever reason to m- linger off into somewhere mm. else. But if you're sitting down with a real text and you have some intention in mind, then that's what you'll be able to do. At least for me, that's how it works. I haven't spent a lot of time with such um, like annotation softwares um, like that, but I think that even if I had those um, options, I would still try to default to going to print based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. um, I think it's interesting to think about how you know, even though I'm I'm falling back to print based mediums, it's coming from a digital realm, and mm. the only way that I had encountered it in the first place was some was some was through some digital channel, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Reading a piece on print by an author named Catherine Hales, she talks about how print and the digital realm are now connected. Like all of our print is made through digital means now. And because of that, it's less that print is dying and more so that it's evolving to kind of meet this digital uh, landscape. And we're getting different kinds of print and people trying to make their print more immersive and engaging to compete with digital forms of writing like now there's like virtual reality is a big thing and stories can be literally physically immersive and because of that books kind of lose their immersive quality so definitely like in the research world print is the go-to but I feel like for entertainment purposes a lot of people um, that aren't avid readers tend mm. to gravitate away from books and more towards these immersive stories like video games mm. and different technological based forms of storytelling.
3: Mm. Or like the second, what do they call? I mean, TV. The second coming of TV, right? TV yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the last yeah, yeah. ten, fifteen years, TV has become a totally different thing mm, than yeah. it used to be. Mm-hmm. Most people welcome it. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Because yeah. we're interacting, it. I mean, I think I can see in the future, like many, many more people cutting the cord and using these streaming platforms. And that's yeah. kind of like this new wave of information and, and way that we're receiving information. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know personally, like I'll, I'll encounter a lot more text, especially news wise through digital means like social media and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely trending on the rise, but less people are encountering news through print-based mediums Mm -hmm. um but also it's very expensive to be online and to produce things online and to only be online it's because it's a it is an attention economy and it's uh, expensive to try to grab someone's attention um Mm -hmm. for however long you can grab it and that's why i tend to you know, default to um, print-based mediums because I know that when I give something my attention I might be even giving my money to them and that there's an exchange where I am giving my attention and giving my full mind into the into the text basically mm-hmm. and then streaming services, online text, news websites, they, they'll have less of my attention I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, but it is also quite expensive to, like, actually produce something with, uh, through print, mm-hmm. and um, to, like, market it and distribute it. Mm-hmm. Um, different, Definitely a different um, ballpark than digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you had to do, like, a cost-benefit analysis, like, both end up, really decimating your wallet (laughs) um but i think um what's interesting is that um even though it is technically easier and more convenient to access a lot of information and even entertainment digitally um like why do so many people myself included go for the i guess generally more expensive and difficult option, and go find the print version of it instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there are a lot of times, and I don't know if anyone here has had this experience where, like, you know, I have the option, like, if I have digital information right in front of me, I will have a really difficult time engaging with it until I go and find a printed version of it, and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, I will rarely ever, like, just stick with the digital information that is really just a keystroke away. Mm. So, like, it's strange because it kind of, like, goes against any kind of, like, you know, money-saving tendencies you might want to have or just trying to save time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I just think it's kind of interesting that we kind of have this dual nature where we're constantly, like getting, like, tug-and-pull. That's not what I mean to say. We're Uh, getting pushed back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're getting, (laughs) like, pushed back and forth between, like, convenience and methods of, like, engagement. Yeah. You know?
3: Can you give any... I'm curious, though, about this, like, you would go to the print no matter what. Is that kind of what you said? Or would you say, like, in most cases?
2: Um, yeah, maybe I misspoke a little bit. I more mean, like, in most cases, as in, like, um... So if I like, so if I have a reading for a class and uh, sort of like how I said before, if it's really long, you know, really it would just be easier for me to just read it mm-hmm. digitally. I mean, it's right <clears throat> there. It'll only take a couple of seconds to access it compared to, you know, me going through the printing process with it, um, compiling it, you know, making sure I always have it with me, which, you know, isn't, Difficult, but comparatively is more involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it's interesting that a lot of people Or at least just people who have my experience will still like go and default to the printed version Mm -hmm. Even though it is kind of just more time effective To like just absorb the information digitally Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: I mean my my experience in grad school though was like that was ideal but not it, you didn't have enough time. So mm-hmm. you would be assigned, let's say you had three classes and you were um, in a seminar with 100 to 200 pages of reading every week. Sometimes that was divided by a book. Sometimes that was divided by several scholarly articles. Like for a long time, I was printing those out mm-hmm. similar to you mm-hmm. as, rather than reading them on a laptop. But then once I've got, I got, once I got the iPad, it was like a changer for me because then I could like... Sit. I could hold it. I could, mm-hmm. like, mimic the, the uh, ergonomics of mm-hmm. r- reading a print book. And then the annotations were really important. That, and then it became, like, kind of a necessity because I couldn't imagine printing that much. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine buying the book version of every book that a professor yeah. wanted. And, frankly, a lot of times the professors were providing digital copies. So really the, the other op it was either, like, express shipping, get it quickly, or, you know. At, and, like, this was over a 10-year span. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like I have to like concede depending on the time, you know, in order to just keep up. (laughs) And I think that's been like a bigger problem for scholars maybe than people who read for leisure. Mm -hmm. Um... But I do think the common denominator is always economics. like people are always yeah. weighing like well, how much did it cost you to print all of that out? Who's paying for that? Mm-hmm. Are you able to find free printing or is that part of like what you're given from Rowan or do you have coughing mm-hmm. up five cents a copy each mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's that always plays a role.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in maybe your experiences or your Um, knowledge in the like zine and self-publishing area in terms of um, our conversation about print Mm -hmm. Um, because I think I mean I would assume that there's such a resurgence there or maybe a continuation of print being the main medium that they use um but i i would also assume that there's um scenes that people make that are only for online um Mm. i was wondering maybe if you could speak to that like kind of your experiences because also um just earlier this semester uh we were at collingswood and you were selling uh print zines that that the students had make had made and like once i saw that and like i kind of was thinking about this podcast that we were going to do was like oh it's still Even if it's not a broad medium that may or may not be dying, there are still people who are publishing their own things, continuing the tradition of print.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the zine cultures that I've studied tend to be print based, although you see digital zines like I think... FK Twigs put out an Instagram zine. I'm like, I don't really know. I like her a lot, but I don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, what's an Instagram zine? Or, you know, the hip-hop community and fashion community tend to like really do this. Like, uh, easy, you know, Kanye West always has like his zine mm-hmm. um, Like, that comes out every once in a while. That's, mm-hmm. up, again, fashion-based. And sometimes they cost money, sometimes they're free, sometimes they're digital, sometimes they're print, sometimes they're only in New York, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. But really, the communities I'm looking at like embrace print as a medium, but are using digital tools uh, in the intention economy to reach a wider public with their work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's odd to me when I, used to, I I really haven't kept up with it, but I used to review zines for broken pencil, and it was always odd to me if we got a zine that didn't have any digital presence because mm-hmm. the first thing I would do is like, aside from reading it, is I would try to track them down and like who are these people, what are they doing, who's this right. author, you know. Um, sometimes they would have terrible web presence and sometimes they would have really good web presence. But I think by and large when I when you go to somewhere like a zine festival, most of those people yeah. are pretty equipped and savvy at branding themselves. They paid for a table. They're using their time there to give out business cards or flyers or anything that have has their Twitter the Instagram a uh, website often even a Venmo or PayPal like whatever just they're all completely ready mm-hmm. and equipped for for that with both digital and print tools. I think still the Zine community it's hard to say because I get like, google news feeds on zines and a lot of times i what i see with the zine world is covered through the media and the media narrative is always like oh look zines aren't dead mm-hmm. and it's like the zine community resents that a lot they're just like <laughs> we haven't gone anywhere you're just starting to notice us again right. and mm-hmm. you're noticing us again because of uh i mean because of the digital um because people are like mm-hmm. getting bored or whatever like they find mm-hmm. them quirky in a digitally saturated environment mm-hmm. so um i always find that really interesting because like the data on zines has always been terrible. Like, who knows? Like, how, how many people are doing them? There's no, like, right. metric for them. Right. You mm-hmm. know? Right. So... I think it's interesting that,
0: yeah, it, in the digital realm today, it I, it's almost a necessity to have some type of digital presence, whether or not yeah. print is your main mode. Yeah. It's that dig, digitally it has to be there. You have to have some method for reaching a wider audience and it probably won't be through print
3: yeah yeah I was just reading a tweet this morning actually from a journalist from the Guardian called I think her name is Sarah Cagle and she someone tweeted about how Dave Eggers is so interesting you guys know Dave Eggers he runs McSweeney's and (laughs) wrote a heartbreaking work of staggering genius really great memoir Um, self-publisher, like, he's a really inspiring guy, but, like, I guess he, like, refuses, I don't want to, like, misquote the tweet, but it was, like, he refuses to, um, he only checks his email once a day, and he refuses, he uses a laptop that's, like, 14 years old, and he's not on social media, and he's, like, really, like, kind of proud, and people are, like, well, yeah, like, cool, and the, the tweet was... Um, Don't forget that he's dependent on a whole network of other people to support him Mm. in that. So you can't, like, great, we can make that pure and authentic or whatever and Mm -hmm. romanticize it. But what you're saying is, like, it's really, like, this is the world we live in and this is what most people do. And so when you unplug from that, it's it's cool and all, but it's still not totally, like... (laughs) <laughs> reality yeah it doesn't change yeah. anything though. No. right it just makes people around you maybe work harder i used to have friends who mm-hmm. didn't have cell phones right or didn't have smartphones and they're like we get lost and the first first person they turn to is the person with the smartphone yeah. like yeah i'm like oh you didn't print out map for this <laughs> <laughs> um so you know like i think that that's, that's kind of an interesting take of like how i think yes it's cool that zines assert their print-based um uh, preference and I think that's great but I also like I think what you're saying is yeah. true like you can't really escape
0: you can't uh, Not have some type of digital presence or yeah. rely on it in some way, right? Yeah
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed um, with like the one article that we read in researching this that uh, discussed how news articles have their own printed newspapers mm. and then also have their online presence and that the online presence isn't a popular hit for them money-wise financially mm. because people can go anywhere for news on the internet so like why would they pay for news
0: and there's also the ad blockers that is so common mm. yeah and that cuts their revenue sharply yeah
1: right and i know in like my cafe though I work at a cafe we used to sell newspapers and now we don't sell newspapers anymore because mm. people stopped going to those as much <laughs> um, because people can again get the information for free online so mm. pretty much um, certain print is dying in a sense because people don't want to pay for things that they can find on the internet for free right yeah,
2: yeah. I do feel like um, despite digital uh, digital media being like a lot cheaper and a lot easier to access. I do feel like there's still this thing in our culture of like the supremacy of print,
1: mm-hmm. because like mm.
2: in my graphic novel class um, that I'm taking this semester, we were reading excerpts from this one um, comic that started as a web comic called Nimona, um, I think by Noelle Stevenson. And the interesting thing is that uh, it was posted in segments online and it got like a pretty decent readership Um, but then she pulled it all from her website and sent it to her and got like a lot of critical acclaim from it Mm -hmm. and you know a decent uh, flow of revenue from it and it's just it's interesting because I feel like with a lot of writers no matter what medium you're in you know getting your audience through a digital platform is sort of like where I feel like a lot of people start, but Mm. I kind of see that a lot of creators see that as, like, their base, to which they want to then reach up to print, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I just think that's, like, interesting, because why would we glorify the thing that is technically, you know, harder Mm. to get to, and Mm. more expensive, and less, I guess, um, yeah just less accessible for the most amount of people to reach you know
0: yeah. in speaking with Heather Lennier she relayed a similar a similar um, uh, thing to what you said in that she wrote an essay titled Super Babies Don't Cry, I believe, and sh- that garnered uh, widespread attention and eventually led to like um, an agent and a publisher reaching out to her and saying, hey, would you like to make a book into this? And sh- uh, we were just going over publication methods uh, the other uh, day in class, and this was another thing that she mentioned in that people will often have things published online in some venue for like literary magazines. It, they're publishing essays, or short nonfiction works, and if they garner a lot of attention, if they go viral, often, or, or hopefully at least, uh, uh, someone will reach out to them and say, hey, would you like to produce a print, like, book of this? Would you like to make this into a full work? and yeah, so I can I can I can agree with you there, and there. I think that's totally relevant and um, kind of a, a, a general idea that at least uh, writers may have is that they'll publish things online in order to reach up to some print-based medium that they want to reach or they want to produce. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. print
3: is still distinctive, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's still that's the way you can assert your individuality or identity in a clouded field of mm-hmm. saying like i have well there's this thing there's this object that i created or like well you were when you were speaking i was thinking mostly of, like um, crowdfunding and kickstarter like how mm-hmm. a lot of times they're using all this digital all these digital tools in order to make something right mm-hmm. whether it's a performance like a play right. or it's a, a a smartwatch or it's a book or a comic mm-hmm. or uh, you know some kind of thing that people will have and what mm-hmm. often The rewards are often physical things or incorporation into the materiality of the object itself, like becoming a a character in a children's book, for example, is one run reward we were looking at last week in self-publishing. And so I think that that distinction is still very much alive. I mean, that's partly what zine culture is both proud of and also resentful of the media covering it of like ooh look at this quirky thing and we're like, no we're not quirky but I'm like yeah, you kind of are quirky like, it's <laughs> that, you know you have to can't deny that yeah. it's still kind of a you have to explain it mm. <laughs> so as we're wrapping
0: up I guess do we think print is dead
1: I think that personally print really can't die in a sense I feel like it'll be it, it is definitely taking a back seat to this digital world of writing, but I think ultimately we need print. I mean, in this digital time where there are so many different works being um, distributed, I know that like publishing two free literary magazines and Mm. putting your work on sites like uh, I use Wattpad to read free works, where you'll eventually possibly get picked up by an agent and that hope is to get picked up by an agent to produce some kind of physical print work because that's ultimately what's going to make authors and different businesses that produce written works any money because Mm. uh, people are less willing to pay to read online than they are to pay reading physical copies of something that they can own. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I don't think print can die but I think that it's definitely reliant on this digital world Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah reliant is a really good word to use I would pretty much I would pretty much agree with what Morgan said because I feel like um, you know print still has a very active presence in our culture but like you kind of can't have print without some kind of digital medium accompanying it anymore and I do feel like that print in a way still has this sort of like reverential quality to us Mm -hmm. so i feel like i haven't really sensed that going away i mean even from what we've all shared like if we can if we have the option between digital and print there are many situations where we go to print Mm -hmm. so i do feel like it still has a place in our culture but it's sort of in like this semiotic symbiotic symbiotic (laughs) relationship Uh, with digital media Mm. as well you can't really separate them anymore
3: yeah i mean that reference is important i think i'm glad you mentioned it like we're talking about a 400 year old culture print culture Mm, is 400 years old right i mean as a consumer culture it's only about 150 maybe but like it's still that that you can't that's that's heavy like that's really important Mm. same with like I study a little bit about vinyl records and that's another Mm -hmm. argument for why vinyls come back and never really went away completely because there's just so much, there's a hundred year history to Mm -hmm. it, you know, not vinyl particularly, but the record, Mm -hmm. the the record format. And so I think about that a lot. And I think people, partially it's because also people socialize through objects. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a really, we can socialize through objects online, I guess, but... Like, we still require, we want to have a meal together. We want mm-hmm. to um, play a board game. We want, I mean, th- th- those things are, people are, are abs- absent from people's lives, and I think they're always seeking a- the ability to relate over particular objects. Not necessarily always collecting them, but just, like, mm-hmm. being able to, to um, share experience through, through them. But, I, you know, I, you've seen my laptop, maybe, if you've had me as a teacher. I have um. <laughs> the Egon from Ghostbusters, which is, what's the year? Ghostbusters? 86? Yeah, I want to say like, and he has this. He, he's being a sci-fi nerd. Says so like, he's talking to Janine, the, the secretary, and she's trying to make conversation. And he just says, "Print is dead," <laughs> which I always thought I was referring to a printer he was fixing. He's like, mm-hmm. "The printer's dead," but no, it's like, "Oh, I get it now. Print is dead." And so I made mm-hmm. this, made this out of a um, a Google image and took some old print from I think it was a Syracuse newspaper database oh. and and just made this. Out. I'm like, I gotta make T-shirts if I can get around the copyright. <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, kind of like as a joke, like it's, you know, people have been saying this since the mid 80s and it's still not really true. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: I'd have to agree with what everyone's saying here. And I I wanted to touch on the social aspect of objects. I know Mm. that personally, if I have a book, a physical copy of a book that I love, I'll give that to someone. Mm. And that's such a different experience than sending a link or something. It's much more intimate and. You you can encounter so many different types and so many different genres and so many different ideas through the physical realm rather than digitally, because I think digitally you can jump from here to there. But if you're talking with someone, they're like, oh, you might be interested in this. I have a copy. Let me give it to you. I've given copies of things and have received copies of books and none of them have been digital they've all been physical and I think that that speaks to a larger point about our about our society and culture as um and humans as being communicative and relying on our social aspects of being human so I think that Having print as a medium will not go away. I don't even think that there might even be a competition between digital and print. I think that they can be used separately for their own purposes. Yeah. And if I want to use... Like we all kind of talked about is that if I want to use print for something, that's what I'll use it for. It's like tools for... Yeah. um, Getting ideas and sharing ideas. Uh Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that was this was a great conversation, everyone. Um, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for everyone coming out. Stay tuned, and we'll have another one up soon. Thank you, Dr. Luther, for uh, joining us today. Thank you, (laughs) my pleasure.